Welcome to the Anomalous Black Women Podcast. This is episode two. I'm here with my co-podcaster, Tasha. Hey y'all, hey y'all. The anomalies are in the air. (laughs) Yes. It's so good to see your face, Bina. How are you? I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Been working. That's why I was late. Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the States. That was a lot to say. But we're going to be talking about Juneteenth. That is our version of the 4th of July. That is our freedom date. And we will also be talking to our special guest, Monique Santiago. She is a legal advocate for the wrongly convicted, author, life and relationship coach, Rehabilitation coach for prisoners, baby. She does it all. Everything. Everything. <laughs> hey, Monique, how are you? I'm great. How are you ladies doing today? Looking beautiful as ever. Thank you, dear. So are you. We're just trying to keep up with you, boo. We're just trying to keep up with you. <laughs> shining, shining, glowing. I see love all over that. So if y'all want to see all of this shining, please check out our YouTube channel where we will have the video to this audio. Hey, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna lift it for y'all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So let's get into this. Um, Monique, uh, something really, really special happened this year that you were forced to be reckoned with and helping to bring to. Uh, fruition please share with our listeners what happened this year well um the case that i've been working on for almost seven years has finally come to its end and uh travion blunt if you all don't know who he is please look him up google he's all over everywhere um all across the world he's he reached home he touched down on february 27th i went and picked him up um it was a beautiful day it was it was such a beautiful day it was an emotional day um it was a happy day um and he's been home and he lives with us actually and uh he's doing great he's really doing great and that that's probably like one of the most highlights of literally not my career but my life like just seeing him come home because he went from client to my bonus son, so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You have three trays. My three trays, I sure do. <laughs> I got my three trays, my biological tray one, my son who's in the military, he's in Afghanistan right now, um, trays, and then I got Trey Beyond Blunt, my three trays. And it's been, it's, it's been wonderful, it's been wonderful. He's so sweet. I don't know if I, because I um, y'all know I can't hear, but I don't know if I heard you say why it was so significant that he came home. Like, what was going on with his case that made you jump on it and want to help him out? Well, when I first read the story six and a half years ago, um, I was searching through Facebook, like we always do. It came down my timeline, 
And I was just blown away by the headline at first. And then once I clicked on the story and seen the full details of what happened and what was going on, it was just unbelievable to me. Now, I've been doing advocacy work for, you know, before that for for some time, and I've never seen anything like this. And I cried for about 45 minutes. Um, I probably read the story about five times. I was trying to process the why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes when you try and process the why of other people's thinking and why they will put him away at 14 and 15 years old like this, you're not going to get the answers that you feel that's valid or that you feel that I guess is right in my eyes. So when I came out of the story, actually, Vina, you had tagged me in the story. You and um, it was one other person. I want to say it was winter. It might have been winter. And I just, I remember talking to you. I don't know if it was that night or the next day. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just unbelievable. And I had made a post up. I had made a post and asked anybody if they knew his family because he was from the Norfolk area. They knew his family to get in to please contact me with his family. And um, our friend uh, Bina and our friend Alvin, he actually knew his sister and went to school with her. And I got the connection within 20 minutes of that post. So met with his mom and his family the next day at Olive Garden. We sat there for about almost five hours. She cried the whole time, and I just told her um, to just, I took her hands and just told her to trust me, and she did, and she didn't, they didn't know me, I mean, you know, I said, just trust me, what I want to do and what I'm going to do. I met up with his, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine, you're fine, I was going to say I met up with his attorney a few days after that, and, and it's been history ever since. Okay, so real quick. Let's let's do the timeline. So, Travion was sentenced at what age? Um, he was convicted and sentenced at fifteen. He was fifteen years old and four fifteen fifteen years old and four months. But he was sitting in prison since he was fourteen. They had him in juvie, holding him for about ten months or eleven months or something like that. Before, so he's technically been incarcerated since he was fourteen years old. He's now twenty nine. And for what, uh, what was the crime that he was uh, convicted of? Um, it was a house robbery where $60, two cell phones, and two joints were stolen. Um, he was coerced with two adults, mm-hmm. um, his co-defendants, who um, bought him along. Uh, Travion honestly thought he was just going to be grown and smoke some weed and drink and snuck out the house and, you know, did, you know. Trying to be grown at 14. And he got there and then everything was just turned upside down. Um, there was 12, about 12 people in the house. Uh, they were all military and a couple of young girls um, who snuck out the house themselves. And um, everybody in there was all white. And so you can just imagine what the rest is behind all So, yeah. And what was uh, his original sentence? His original sentence was 118 years and six life sentences. That's what he was sentenced to on 53 charges. And the six life sentences uh, in this state, in the state of Virginia, um, if he got, like, I think he had two 
kidnapping charges because in this state, if you hold somebody against their will, that's considered a kidnapping charge, and that can hold a life sentence. Um, a gun charge, um, which that wasn't his gun, of course. They put the gun in his hand, um, and he just stood there with the gun, didn't know how to use it. First time ever held a gun or anything. Um, he was he was scared out of his mind. And uh, the other charges um, was just a, like a conspiracy, like attempting to do this and attempting to do that. Mm-hmm. And the judge jumbled all of that all together and came up with this. And, you know, Travion made United States history being that sentence that much for that situation. Well, juvenile being sentenced that much for a non-homicidal crime where nobody was hurt, uh, murdered, raped, or anything. And that's the part that just I I still cannot believe that um, such a sentence was uh, passed down for a situation no one was harmed. No one was harmed. He couldn't believe it when he when he got sentenced. Um, he turned back to turned back and looked at his mom and was like. Um, what does this mean? Like he really he couldn't process it, at, you know, that young, and his mother couldn't do nothing but just cry while they took him away. And, and you know, I mean, it, it's it's done. It's done because they can do it. Um, his co-defendants took a cop out. One got ten years, and the other got thirteen. But Travion still couldn't process the fact that, no, I really wasn't the mastermind behind this. I wasn't, you know, um, his age. He kept talking about his age because people in the the jails was telling him, oh, they're not going to give you that time and this, that, and the third. And so he took it to trial, thinking that he can really get off and just walk away from it. Maybe go to juvie until he was 18 and come home or something like that. But that wasn't the case. Did not happen. Nope. Not at all. Okay. I I don't want to spend too much time in the past because uh, Travion is home and he, is. he has plans. He does. What is Travion doing now? That he is Travion home? is working. He started his job two and a half weeks ago. So he's working. Um, He's doing a certification class online to be a personal trainer. He loves to work out. All right, now. (laughs) I'll be tired tired just looking at him. I mean, he loves to work out. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, you know you weird is your favorite exercise is burpees. Oh, wow. What is your favorite Thing. Like he can go, being Natasha, he can go, go, go with the burpees, and I just be like, I can't get past two. Uh-huh. You know, if he can do burpees like that, you it's unbelievable. He'll go into fifteen sets of burp, like he'll do fifteen burpees and get up to jumping jacks and do burpees again, and this is like an hour straight. Okay, I have to end this conversation because that's making me tired. I'm about to. <laughs> Burpees. I mean, you know, people. Some people love to jog and have their different types of things they love to do. I can hang on a treadmill for an hour straight, but burpees. My heart is uh, racing just from the visuals. 
you think? thinking about it. So he's excited about, you know, the the certification um, course uh, that I got him. And he's just uh, excited about learning different things. So now he's been learning about, like, nutrition. and Because, you know, he ate trash for the last 14 years in prison. Right. And just, you know, he's just excited about that. He has his hiccups, um, like we all do. Um, Correct. Correct. This thing called life don't stop, and it is not easy. Um, he has, you know, he's positive all the time and like happy all the time and, um, for the most part, but I make sure we sit and talk every week and, uh, making sure, you know, he needs help with mental health and and with certain things and he's handling his freedom and he handled this whole prison situation really well, Mm -hmm. like really, really, really well. Um, he's still learning how to use the phone and the email thing. Yeah, the email thing. I got on him two days ago for asking me, oh, my email, what's the email again? I said, if I got to tell you your email address one more time. <laughs> They're like, what's your name? He said, so it's not like a password. I said, no, you're getting confused with your bank stuff. You know, you got to put in like with the app and he gets yeah. confused with all of that. It's all running in all at one time. One, you know, for one thing. A big learning curve. It is. It and is. Speaking of Travion, since we're um, talking in that area, how did you get into advocating for those who receive excessive sentencing and clemency cases? Um, It started from a case that I was assisting on in Pennsylvania. And um, I met uh, my girlfriend, her name is Tasha as well, um, Tasha Williams, who who now is an attorney. And she is, uh, that's somebody you guys should interview, really. And she's now, now she's the assistant DA in Pennsylvania, York. um, Go, Tasha. She's amazing. So she had, she started. Um, her um, ag- ag- advocacy company, I think it's called Elevated Advocacy, and um, we were working on different cases. Uh, a friend of mine, I'm named Lorenzo, he was doing life in prison for a murder he didn't commit. He's home now, so we, she and I worked on that. And ironically, she knew who he was and knew him as well, so we worked on cases with that. Um, a few people I grew up with that was helping them out with their freedom that's still incarcerated. And a couple of other people in PA. I helped out people in New Jersey, New York, and um, Georgia, Jerron Tucker. And uh, Travion is like my biggest case. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and Louis Mox was my other biggest case. Oh, I forgot about him. Mm-hmm. He's doing well, too. They're all doing really good. That's great. And I mm-hmm. know um, that those individuals are not the only people that you have assisted. Um, can you give us some insight on uh, some of the workshops that you've created through the years and um, where you uh, facilitate some of those workshops? Oh, some of the workshops, I've, I've done a lot of women empowerment workshops, um, a lot of teen seminars, um, and my target, I, I just got recently, somebody, one of the, one of the brothers had uh, inboxed me. 
was like, you never do nothing for the brothers. And I've heard that. I've actually heard that. But it was just so weird for me to hear that again two days ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I was like, you need help with something? I got you. He's like, no, you need to do a workshop for men and uh, hearing things from a woman's perspective mm-hmm. and a woman's point of view. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, I've done relationship workshops and stuff like that. And to my surprise, and Bina and her husband, they actually sat in one of my workshops. The guys were very receptive. They were. And they, the, guys, the guys was following up with me for about six months straight, giving me their progress over the women. So they were really all in. And that made, that made me feel so good because men are very prideful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting back to the seminars, uh, the 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 teen seminars for the boys was much needed because I had a lot of my boys getting in trouble and their moms calling me crying, they're um, going to juvie, they're getting in trouble, and we're talking about honor roll kids. Wow. Like I had one, like I'm like, what are you doing? You're on the honor roll. You are like the star player um, on your basketball team. Like, what are you what are you crying out for? What's going on with you? And he was just running around with these boys. So I caught him and this these boys all together visiting his mom, and I invited them all over to to a workshop. I said, y'all can't be doing this. You're not built for prison, number one. Everybody mm-hmm. can't go for prison until they get there, and then they call me crying. Yeah. And um. So it was a rough patch for him for a year. Um, he was the brightest one in the class, in, in, in the seminars. And I just noticed that he was becoming withdrawal. And then when I heard, what I, which I hear a lot, uh, when the mothers get new boyfriends or they're not with the dads anymore, they, they start to, the boys really start to act out. Mm-hmm. And I noticed the majority of them, that was the case. So... He's doing great. I think um, out of all of those boys, um, you guys sat in and sat in some of those seminars. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just say out of the twenty, maybe I got one that's locked up right now. Um, oh. I got one locked up. The rest of them are doing really well. Went to the military, went to college, or whatever. They're doing good. So awesome. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And the girls are doing really good too. I got one. Um, she just had a baby, but uh, like she's holding it down. Like she was at the top of her class. It doesn't stop nothing. That's what I told her. I said this was just a little pause, yep. and she's proving everybody wrong. Like she was graduated at the top of her class, and she's working, and she's doing good, and she takes care of her baby. Absolutely, takes care of her baby. So. You know, um, yeah, everybody's doing good. They still want to, they still staying on the same track, want to be chefs and want to do this and want to do hair and, you know, just got to stay the course. It's tough out here for these teens. It is. It is. It is. It is. It's not like how when we were growing up, like we really had a village like we did. So. Definitely takes a village. It definitely takes a village. We need to be doing all we can for our children. And when I say yeah. our children, I don't mean just my children or your children. I mean all of our children. Yeah, because we are accountable for them. I mean, I bring in the guys, you know, um, to talk to the to the young boys. And um, believe it or not, like the guys that come home from doing 20, 30 years, Travion, they're really the, the, the young boys are more receptive to them because I guess 
is so real life to them than right. they to their own family and their mother and their father. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I make sure that they exchange numbers and talk and, you know, something's going left. I'm like, look, this is what we're going to do. I'll do as best as I can. I know I can't save everybody, but I'll do as best as I can. You do a lot, sis. Yes, you do. So at the beginning of the show, I talked about um, one of the topics today will be Juneteenth. And with Juneteenth approaching us, can you share with us as women, as anomalous black women, some areas to reflect and focus on during the observation? Oh, God, that day is so special. It really is. It's a freedom day. Um. Well, but when any time I think of like Juneteenth and I reflect and I meditate and do my little ritual I do on Juneteenth of every year, um, mm-hmm. I always pay homage to the ancestors, first and foremost, because without them, and that's, you know, they're standing on our shoulders, without them, that's where my focus always lies. I got to do this for Harriet Tubman. I have to, you know, because um, that's a big name and a lot of people call me Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. They really do. They call me the 21st century Harriet Tubman, and it's like, and I take that, and I'm, it's such a big compliment. So I think about her, Queen Nzinga, uh, uh, Francis Press Wilson, uh, oh, just all the greats, the Rosa Parks, that just all the free. Those are all freedom fighters, mm-hmm. and they all put on the front line for us. So thinking about that, I, you know, of course, the word freedom plays in my head constantly. And not only to help those be free as far as helping them come home, because I help a lot of sisters as well. Right. Um, you want to be free mentally. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of us is, 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 we have this bondage thing going on in our head. A shackle. <laughs> the shackles, the bondage, and just trying to pass through that sometimes is difficult. Mm-hmm. But when I think of all of that type of stuff, I think of uh, the liberation and the freedom of women. Not mm-hmm. only are we free, quote unquote, that day, sometimes it doesn't feel that way because everything that's going on in the world right now, honestly. Right. Um, but that was a big day of us getting our life back. Mm-hmm. Um, us taking our life back and Look at us now. Black women are powerful. Women are powerful, but black women are powerful. I say let's, all the time. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. Whenever somebody that's not black needs something to have who they call on, black women, period. End of discussion. <laughs> everything. We are behind End everything. End of discussion. And you know, you know what? I should I shouldn't have said for real, for real. I'm trying to sometimes I like sometimes I try and be politically correct on things. I, I, what I really wanted to say was and wanted to keep it black women, although I did say women. Um, cause, you know, people be getting their panties in a bunch about if we talk about us and our culture and and our beautiful skin. You know what? This is anomalous black women. We put yeah. black. We are here to uplift us. We don't care if we like it or don't like it. We're not here for them. We're here for us. And I love it. I love it. I mean, like, we birthed a nation. Right. I mean, 
we're on the front lines all the time yep. and we're also the most disrespected in this what world you? and it's mm. sad although we still will lead the pack knowing mm. that we're disrespected or knowing that we are not liked and it's sad that we're not even liked um, because of the color of our skin or because people get us being vocal and standing up with us having an attitude. But you know what? That's that's just a, that's just something they try to put on our shoulders to make us feel heavy. What they are scared of is our power. They are scared of how powerful we are. People do not mess with somebody that, that they don't think is on their level or above their level. They don't care about somebody that's beneath them. They would not be doing to us what they do to us if they didn't know how powerful we are. So that's why they put all of those stereotypes on us, angry black woman, baby mama drama, all this other mess, because they know how powerful we are, period. And we are, we are a force to be reckoned with. And yeah. I just want to go on record by saying nothing can be done without us. Not no. one damn thing. Nothing. Nothing. So I, I know I'm getting up. I'm going to the left a little with the, the, the Juneteenth. Um, I think I answered it, but I know I'm going a little to the left with it. But I get very passionate when I talk about us because we're amazing. We are truly amazing. And it's been like that from day one. Yeah. We're gods. I'm, you can argue with me on this. We are gods, period. And that's the reason why we named our podcast Anomalous Black Women, because black women are unique. We are one of a kind. We you, we don't fit in a pack. And that's why we are anomalous. And that's the reason, you know, one of the main reasons why we named our podcast that, because we stand out from the crowd. We are not like everybody else. And that's our power. That is our power. That is definitely our, the power. Once we recognize that. Mm-hmm. Then we become a force that cannot be reckoned with. Cannot. Right. I mean, once once you get into your mind that you are who you are, you're a goddess. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You walk in that. Right. And I can tell you, over the last couple of months, yes, things have changed. <laughs> things have changed. Um, That's important what you just said, walking in it. You have to walk in it. And it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be people to try and knock you down and and uh uh what I told my son the other day, uh verbal assassinations. Mm-hmm. Like this whole verbal assassination, and I said when you see them or you bump into them, they wither quickly. Mm-hmm. It's really sad actually. Like it's, like it's really sad. But we're going to keep doing what we're doing, um, putting in this word, walking in our destiny, and bringing along as many beautiful black women as we can and yes. continue to pave the way um, in certain areas and bring them up. Because I see so much power, even on social media, mm-hmm. but some women seem like they can't do it or they seem intimidated or um you know, or they see other people doing the same thing that they want to do. Now they don't want to do it. Do it your way. Ain't yeah. nobody doing this. Nobody's doing uh, this podcast. Y'all doing this. 
Shout out to whoever report my um, URLs and spam because they see my power. Why? I think, did you make a post about that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I did see that. And I was like, who would do that? Like, yeah, I to, why? I had to go buy some new URLs because the URLs that Tasha and I, we also blogged together. And any of my subdomains from Biaisha Inc were blocked somebody reported them as spam and they had to do it more than once for it to be blocked from facebook so it's you know it is what it is and the sad thing is probably one of your facebook friends that's just oh, i'm positive it is <laughs> that's not even funny like that's sad that's sad we have a, it's 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 that it's that crab mentality that hasn't gone anywhere and the sad part about it is I keep it I have I have something that um I that keeps coming to me. But um what people need to realize is that the very definition of DNA affords you the opportunity to do something similar to someone else mm-hmm. and still be impactful, to still have a place to be able to do whatever it is that you're called or feel like you want to do because your DNA is unique. So however you put it out there, it's going to be unique to you. So stop fighting, you know, I make t-shirts. Well, she made t-shirts. I can't make t-shirts no more. Yes, you can. Right. Um, it was a picture that I saw on Facebook. I think it was Facebook, and it was a picture of the bread aisle. All the different types of bread. And oh, bread. Okay, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> all you go to the bread aisle. It's all different, different types. You know, different companies, Ooh. but they all sell bread. They yeah, all sell bread. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like Tasha said, whatever you do. Even if we doing the same thing, we're not the same person. So what I put out and how I do it is not going to be how you do it. Like me and Ape, my friend April, we, we you know, we both in a, a lot of the same avenues. But she's April and I'm Bina. We don't even do it the same. We doing the same thing, but we don't do it the same. And people don't understand that power in their uniqueness. Like, it's room for everybody to eat. It's room for everybody to do whatever it is they want to do. If that's your passion, follow it. It does not matter who else is doing it. You, your only competition is you. That's it. People just need to get out their own way. Yes. We just went all off the rails. Um, longest podcast ever. <laughs> well, you know, for the for the podcast, but uh, finally. We'll go ahead and close out this little interview just in case we go on another tangent. Right. What are some ways, um, Sister Monique, that that uh, people can get involved in advocating for those um, that have been uh, excessively sentenced and um, are fighting uh, to achieve or receive clemency in their case? Just get involved. You see a story? There's always some type of contact information in the story. 
mm-hmm. reach out to that person. Like I've reached out to Lou Henson and, and reference to Travion. He was a reporter right. that broke the case. We, nobody would have known about this case unless Lou Henson broke the case. Right, and, right. And just get involved. And once I, I well, of course, I connected with uh, Travion's mom first to get her blessing. Um, and I reached out to him. I spoke to him yesterday, and we've been in contact for years. I mean, he's mm-hmm. wonderful. Just did some kind, type of contact information for that person. I mean, you know, for the cases, um, and you can connect with somebody. Google is your best friend. Google the case. Put the person's name in. You can contact their family. It's a way to do these things. Just be accountable and jump in. Um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, with unity, we can accomplish much. Mm-hmm. We unite. We can get people home one by one. by one. And I'm here to say nine years later, doing this work, I've helped about 16 people get home mm-hmm. and just being open in my mouth and pushing cases and utilizing social media and, and everything just get involved don't be scared and and everything I'll be doing a, a, a class soon um, on advocacy and uh, giving people pointers and stuff like that I'll be doing that probably in about two weeks um, I'm getting everything together for that and um, we did one the other. I just had my interview with uh, Lisa the other day, and mm-hmm. like you know, that donation it was eight dollar donation, but it's going to those. We- All right, so back to how to get involved. How we get involved? Yes. How do we get involved? Um, just get it, get it involved. If you see an article in reference to wrongful conviction, clemency, um change.org or whatever um there's always some type of contact information on petitions and everything get in contact with that person and um or google the person google the story i'm big on googling stories and doing my research before i take any case and putting my name behind anything because my name and my brand means everything to me Mm um i don't care how much money or retainer you're trying to give me i've gotten People, I'll give you $5,000 retainer today, and I'm good, and I want to find stuff out. You didn't, you left out a whole lot of information on this case, so I know I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's always, like, names and everything to news articles or whatever. Um, with uh, Travion Blunt, Lou Henson broke the case. I contacted him, and his mom got his blessing from his mom, and I just took it from there. Just do your research. It's, it's not hard. Um, I'll be doing an advocacy class in about two weeks on how to advocate and um, giving tools and techniques and what's worked for me and how to push cases and how to push things on social media and who to connect with. And uh, people don't know, like, you know, like in Travion's case, everybody was like, contact Obama at that time. He was the president. Contact Obama, but you can't. Uh, he does federal stuff, so you know he can release drug offenders. He can release guys with gun charges in the feds. He doesn't deal with any state cases. That's strictly the attorney general and strictly the governor. Mm-hmm. So you want to target people like that. The secretary, they knew me up there because um, I would call three, four times a day. The secretary would be like, "Hi, Monique. Hello. <laughs> like, Hello." May I speak to Governor McAuliffe, please? You know, so they knew who I was, and and 
you know, sometimes you have to be aggressive with, with these things. Not pesty, but aggressive. Sometimes they don't like that and they'll shut you down. Right. Yeah. Way to maneuver. But just 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 get involved. And read. Right. <laughs> A lot of people don't read. Well, we see that on social media. Ain't that the truth? Child, please. They don't read nothing. You could say, I like apple pie. And then here comes somebody. But, oh, I guess we haven't tasted cherry pie because it had, I just said, I like apple pie. I don't care about apple pie, lemon pie. That's all I said. That's what I like. It's a cool breakdown of why I shouldn't, why I should be eating cherry pie. Right, right. Well, people are who they are, so. Oh, man. Well, Sister Monique, we have enjoyed you today. Um, yes, we have. Ladies, as well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Oh, you'll be back. For <laughs> <laughs> some reason or another, you'll be back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, if anyone wanted to get in contact with you, wanted to get a workbook, a book, whatever the case may be, learn more about your uh, advocacy 101 class. I just named it. I don't know what the real name is. Um, in two weeks, how can they get in contact with you? That's a good, that's a good name. Um, <laughs> um, they can email me at uh, Monique Yesenia. Y'all say Yesenia, but it's really Yesenia. Monique y-e-s-e-n-i-a at gmail.com um you can hit me up at uh, or my life coach experience at gmail.com um i have a website but i'm not even going to sit here and lie to you it's not updated or anything so <laughs> I, i'm not going to sit here and lie to you y'all you know no judgment, i'm not savvy with all that stuff um and i can get back to you later on that but uh I will definitely be having a, a, a Zoom class coming up with that because a lot of people's asking me about it. Okay. So why not? What else am I doing quarantine time? Right. See, that's why you're 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 in my co-host because you knew exactly what I was about to ask her. <laughs> worked out well. See, <laughs> see. <laughs> uh, what I was about to say. Uh, before you go, I just wanted to say that when I want to annoy. Monique, I call her Jessie. Jessie! <laughs> I try to ignore her, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't any damn way. <laughs> Monique, Jess! <laughs> what in the world? I'm up when I'm in Puerto Rico. Jessie! Jessie! I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. That but everybody crazy. sees my middle name. That's my middle name in... I get Yosenia, Yosenia. I get Yesenia. I get, I've gotten Samini. I don't even know why she said that. Uh, Samini. Um, yes, she couldn't. <laughs> and there's somebody I seen at Walmart. She's, bless her heart. She's like, you Monique Samini? And I said, Yosenia, Monique Yesenia. Yeah, 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 I follow you. And I was like, okay. That's not my middle name now, but okay. But I guess you know people process the things differently, and that's probably what was in her head. Like if you don't know what it sounds like, you don't figure it out for yourself until you learn otherwise. Yeah. So 
to the people out there, if you don't know how to pronounce something, you can um, put it into your Google and type pronunciation after it. And a lot of times there is a voice recording of someone mm-hmm. properly pronouncing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. whatever it is that you need to know how to pronounce. <laughs> then I get, you know, I get questions, Dina, the, um, well, why is it just and it's a why? I don't, I don't know. It's Puerto Rican. I don't know. I have to say because I'm Puerto Rican. End of the then they can then the, that's a whole nother conversation you're Puerto Rican I'm like yeah right I'm dark, doesn't mean that I'm not Puerto Rican <laughs> it's amazing you know it's so amazing all of this is amazing you could have so many uh informational uh, presentations just on you <laughs> you are in your life it, it would it Seriously, like there's so Funny. much <laughs> that somebody can learn just from saying this is Monique, and thereafter there's a list <laughs> of things to learn. Write a whole, write a whole nother book on that. Oh, I'll be. I'm working on. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna call it yet. I don't know if I'm gonna call it the advocacy journey or something like that, but pertaining to Travion's case and just my walk in this advocacy game and the prejudices that I've endured, um, the New York Times bestseller. (laughs) The stuff that we went through, the meetings I've had on mass incarceration with the higher ups. It's going to be a book, then it's going to be a movie. Mm -hmm. We're trying to work on this Travion Blunt movie. In the movie... Regina King has to play me. What? <laughs> and you know who I said would have to play me? <laughs> I, I, I forgot her last name. The girl, um, Danielle, um, from Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah. And she's so talented and... I would want her to play me with her song, uh, that Black Queen song that she has, and she got that one single out. She's about to have a baby. I would want Chris Brown to play Travion Blunt. (laughs) Chris Brown's a great actor, though. You got the cast. You got the cast. Who's gonna play you? I I I don't know. Angela Bassett. No. No, we got to find somebody with bus driver on. We still we still recording, so uh, thank you for joining us on the Anomalous Black Woman Podcast. We really appreciate you coming. Thank, thank you for listening. Good afternoon, ladies. You rock. I love the podcast. I love the, need, uh, the meaning of it and the name, and you guys are going to take off. I have a whole list of beautiful black women y'all can interview, too. Please send us an email with anyone that you feel like we should interview on the Anomalous Black Women Podcast, because that's why we are here. Yep. All right. All right, y'all. All right. Talk to y'all later next time. All right. Take care. Bye.